everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everybody, this is Larry and James with WSTrades.com doing our weekend podcast update. How you doing, James? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Pretty good. All right, you want to start this off? Uh, go over some of the plays you had on if you closed anything out or what's going on next week? Yeah, I had a bunch of uh, stuff definitely that expired. I had a bunch of the monthlies on for February, um, and a bunch of those expired um, on Friday, and most of them went max profit. There was one that I ended up adjusting, and then one that actually was at a loss for me. But um, ARKK, that was a two-wide iron condor that I sold um, for 45 bucks, And yeah, they were kind of volatile. They, they were going up and down quite a bit, but they never really breached. I think my uh, short call was like 168, and then my short put was like 110 or something. So I had a massive range on it, and they never really breached either of those. Uh, they may have gotten to like, into the 150s, maybe even the high 150s at a certain point, but like my short strikes were never really in danger. So even though they're kind of volatile, the range was so wide that it ended up working out great. So I went max profit on that one. Um, I also had a DIA call spread. I think when I sold it, the short uh, call was probably like a 30 delta or so. So it's about a 70% chance. Um, of finishing out of the money and I sold that for 25 bucks and I went max profit on that. I also, nice. yeah, I also had a, uh, iron condor that I sold on EEM. I believe the short call and short put there were probably uh, 15 deltas or about an 85% chance. And, uh, yeah, they stayed super flat. So that was profit. I think I sold that one for 19 bucks. Um, EWZ was another iron condor I sold with 15 deltas on the short strikes. I sold it for uh, 27 bucks, and yeah, they stayed super flat as well. Actually, they kind of rode kind of high at the end there, but um, still, you know, walked away with max profit. Um, there was one that I had to adjust, and that was ICLN. So when I first sold this thing, it was like a two wide put spread. And they kind of ripped for a little bit early on, and it was looking really good. I probably could have closed it out for like a couple bucks, but I was just like, ah, so far away from my short put, which I think was like 28. That, ah, it's not going to touch that. <laughs> and this past week, we had that pretty good sell-off. And on, I think it was on Thursday or Friday, it was like in the money by a couple cents. And I was like, ah, I could just let it ride. Uh, maybe I'll make out with max profit or I could roll out to March and grab some more money. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I just rolled it to the March monthlies and I grabbed, I think, another 37 bucks or something in credit. So I was able to reduce my max risk on the play and, you know, give it a month to climb above 28. So I want to say I probably did this adjustment on Thursday and then Friday it ticked up nicely. So actually if I would have just uh, waited it out, I would have went max profit, but it was so close that um, I made the adjustment instead. Um, 
and then had a monthly on as well with MJ. And that was just a naked 17 put that I sold for like 52 bucks, I think. And yeah, the weed stocks just popped off pretty hard. And uh, so that was never really being tested. Once uh, MJ popped off, they never really came anywhere, not even in the 20s. So I think they finished around 24 or something, I want to say. So yeah, that was max profit. And then I had also on silver, I had sold the an iron condor on SLV for 19 bucks. And I believe that was 15. I think that was 15 deltas on the short legs, uh, max profit there as well. And then IWM uh, was another iron condor that I had sold. And that one actually was in the money for a little bit. Like everything was kind of ripping. I know the indexes were really cooking and just uh, setting all-time highs for a while there. And then with this last week and the sell-off, that pulled back nicely. And uh, I thought I was going to lose on that trade, and then it ended up being max profit. I had sold it for 28 bucks, so um, that one went pretty good as well. And then the only one that really went against me was Spy. I had sold um, a call spread. I believe it was 386, 387. And, yeah, they just stayed high. Um so that one's been in the money for a while. So I kind of saw that one coming as a loss for quite a while. Um, but I sold it for 40 bucks and it was a one wide. So I lost 60. So um, out of all of my plays, uh, yeah, I had like, I don't know, eight or nine winners and then just that one loser. So uh, all the winners definitely took care of that little spy play there. So uh, yeah, as far Ooh. as my stuff expiring this past week, yeah, everything went really, really well for me. Sweet. Yeah, I had, uh, had a good week as well. I didn't have much on. I just uh, got up and so busy with this job. I just finished up on Friday. haven't really had time to look at charts. And um, all I had on was my coat play that I've had on for a few weeks. I went, well, I bought it back for uh, the contracts for a buck uh, just to get out of it. <clears throat> um, FSR I had, it's technically two uh put credit spreads i had on them for a few weeks now and when fisker blues last week popped up to like 20 bucks i bought back the short leg of one of my uh one of my spreads and kept the long put just in case they died off um and that closed yeah, they all they both closed uh, this week, and I went max profit on the seventeen sixteen fifty I had on them. And the only other thing I got into was uh, JWN, which is Nordstrom, and their options are so illiquid. It was you know I wasn't even I looked at them and I was like oh there's no way in hell I'm going to get filled on any of these at a decent price so. I ended up just going long shares because their chart looks uh, really good to me. And they have earnings, I believe, the second. So I'm anticipating, you know, one of those pre-anticipatory run-ups that, you know, every earnings or every stock that has earnings looks like they're doing. And then I'm probably going to sell out right before earnings because, you know, as we've seen, you could have good earnings this year. And, you know, everything just runs up so hard going into earnings that they just die off. So hopefully do the same thing that you know basically everything's been doing just have a run-up going into earnings and you know i can get out um had a good profit i pulled them up real quick 
I believe my target's like 42. Yeah, I'm hoping they run up to uh, about 42 before earnings and I'll, you know, get out of that one. But yeah, those are the only trades I had on last week. Nice. So you want to go over some stocks you're looking at to play next week? Yeah, I definitely want to get on a bunch of uh, plays on the indexes again, because I know I had a bunch of stuff uh, close out this past week for the February monthlies. And it went so well for me that I definitely want to probably play the same tickers and put on all the same positions um, for March. So I believe I have an iron condor on ARKK already. And I might also have one in in maybe EWZ or EEM. So I've got a couple of those plays on. Also the ICLN, since I rolled it, I still have that put spread on. So I might go out and also look at the call side on them and go out to maybe like a 15 delta or something on the short call. Maybe turn that into an iron condor um, just in case they don't uh, recover from this the big sell-off that they had. Um, I also want to go out probably on MJ again. I might just sell a naked put again um, around that 17 or 18 strike because I think it's still for March – I want to say that thing's paying still around 60 bucks. So I might be able to collect a little more credit than I was able to on the February play. Um, and they backed off quite a bit because I remember at one point MJ was up at 30 or above when things were just ripping and then it sold off and now it's kind of come back down to the low twenties. So I'm kind of thinking that might be good for put selling as well after the big pullback you know, sell a put while the premium's still pretty good and then see if the, you know, the ticker is just kind of cyclical and kind of bounces back a little bit. Um, I know definitely, like you were saying, we've seen that on the earnings plays and I've done that on a lot of the earnings plays when it has the big rip before earnings, go and sell the call spread. And there's a huge dump. So um, I've kind of been seeing the same kind of behavior as well in these indexes. Um because I know that uh, not this recent sell-off this week, but the one we had before that, it may have been three or four weeks ago, um, we had the big sell-off, ended up selling, um, I think, iron condors, and I got burned a lot on the call side because after the big sell-off, you know, just the cyclical nature of the markets, you know, people jump in and buy and then run, run the price back up, and a lot of those indexes went back to the all-time highs, so the call side kind of burned me. So I'm kind of thinking um, with MJ, just do the, just play the put side on that one. Um, also, I think I'd like to get on probably another iron condor. I'd like to sell on SLB. Um, and yeah, I'll probably play IWM and SPY again, probably uh, maybe the put side on one of those. And then, uh, you know, like a 30 Delta, maybe uh, one wide put spread and then maybe the other one I'll just sell like uh, iron condor with 15 deltas on the short. So yeah, I definitely think I have a lot of plays I want to get on this week, definitely in those indexes and kind of get myself set up for the uh, March monthlies. Nice. Um, yeah. To be honest, I haven't done a lot of looking. I'm going to do that tonight. Then I'll update the watch list or my watch list and uh, 
put it on the website as well. But tonight I'm going to make a video on um, how I find, you know, the stuff I'm looking at my setup that I use on TOS. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I kind of look at stuff like there's a few things that are kind of on my radar, but most of the time it's, you know, the morning of trading, I'm looking at, you know, what's just looking at my charts real quick and finding what I'm going to play. There's a couple that I'm kind of bullish on right now, which is a uh, BYD, um, EA and PSTG. They'll look like they might, it'll come down and kind of touch that 21 EMA and, um, got nice, uh, bullish movement on the MACD and I think they're ready to start ripping again, especially PSTG looks really good to me. So I'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, one thing I wanted to go over was uh, pin assignment because I know it's happened to you. It's um, we both have small account challenges going on and I kind of uh, touched on it on my last video when I did the, the Robin hood challenge video and just kind of get more in depth with it. And, um, we can tell people what it is and uh, how to not get screwed by the boat, the brokerages. Cause I know um, I think Robin hood did it to you a lot, like closing your stuff out way early. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then um, TOS or uh, TD did it to me twice. And man, that so what pin risk is, is, if you're anywhere close to the money on your options, then if your account can't handle being short or long, you know, whatever shares. And for me, it was, um, the hell was it in the first time? DIA uh, maybe? Yeah. DIA. They closed it out. It, and it's, it's basically to protect them from market manipulation because what will happen if you're kind of close to the money and there's one of these big institutions that either needs the price to finish above or below um, whatever caller put, if these big institutions have a major uh, position in it, then they'll just at the very end of the day start jacking the price either up or down, manipulating the market and then screwing, you know, basically it'd be the brokerage if you didn't have the money in your account to handle uh, the, the shorter long position. So what they'll do is close your position out. And what pissed me off on DIA is uh, they had to move $3 for me to, uh, for my call to be in the money. And it's DIA. Like they don't move that hard very often. And it closed with me being with the contract being uh, out of the money. So it would have been max profit. Well, you can still, it depends on your brokerage. Most of the time it's 30 minutes to up to an hour and a half. If you are long that position, you can contact them and they'll settle it. So they closed out my position and it would have, even if it went in the money by like a buck or whatever, it would have been, you know, a dollar that I would have been down. But no, at the end of the day, these guys will jack the prices up on these uh, these options. And mathematically, it makes no sense why it would cost that much. And then they'll just buy back your contract for whatever 
the highest price is. So instead of going max profit on that play, I ended up, I, I want to say they paid like 12 bucks for it. And it was like $3 out of the money. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like it made no sense. So you can, well, not with Robinhood because you can't call them, but every other brokerage, you can call them and ask them what the percentage, because it changes all the time uh, with volatility in the market, what the percentage is that this has to close at uh, so that they don't automatically just buy your stuff back. And you can do that at the beginning of the day and they'll tell you. And she told me when I called them and asked them, you know, why the hell did you buy this contract back for 12 bucks? Uh, she told me that that day on DIA, it was $3. So that's why they did it. So if you're ever anywhere close to the money and I always say, just get out of the play. If you're short something, get out of the play because you have a chance that your brokerage is going to screw you. And I know, you know, Robin Hood did it to you a bunch of times, like closing your stuff out way early. Yeah, I definitely, uh, that happened to me for sure there. They just do that early buyback. And I want to say it's like an hour before market close or something. They did buy back a bunch of stuff that I was totally not expecting. And, uh, and also too, like not just the pin risk, but also, um, I think recently on DIA that hit me, it wasn't really pin risk. I guess my account was able to handle it, but I could have went like, I want to say 50% profit or more on a trade on DIA. If I would have just closed my contracts out and I was looking at it too, it was like the last five minutes of market being open. And I was like, Oh, I can buy this back for like 10 bucks or whatever it was. And I can go 50% or 60% profit on the play. And I was like, well, I'm just going to let it ride and see if I can go max profit. And that was stupid because I <laughs> just kept ripping and then it ripped after hours. And I ended up getting assigned and short on DIA and it didn't really hurt me that bad because I had um, a long position in M and Q on the futures. So it was kind of like, I remember talking to you about it, like, well, if DIA rips, um, you know, come Sunday night or whatever it was when futures start trading again, like, you know, typically M and Q, you know, the indexes kind of follow each other most of the time. So I'm kind of protected in a way, but yeah, I should have just, you know, spent the, whatever it was two contracts it was a call spread so i just should have spent a couple bucks in uh contract fees and commissions and just closed the position out took a 50 percent profit and you know not have to deal with td going in there and you know putting this big flag in my app saying oh maintenance call you know you're short whatever it was and like you know this just all this stuff in there and then getting emailed saying you know, you got assigned and you need to act immediately, <laughs> like, you know, all that stuff that they put up and all that stuff you got to kind of deal with. Um, so yeah, the pin risk for sure. Definitely just buy your contracts back. Even if you think you might go max profit, like you're saying, if you're close, um, and you know, maybe like you said, you can also call in and kind of see what, you know, the, uh, pin risk is for that ticker. And then kind of make a decision off of that, but probably just easier to just buy the contracts back. And, you know, cause I think you would have been at maybe a 50%, I don't know, you were at some kind of profit on that play. And, you know, if you would have closed out before market close, you could have taken like a 50% profit or so if I remember right. But then yeah, after they did their thing 
and paid some stupid amount for the contracts, like, yeah, then you ended up getting screwed. So, yeah, the Pinterest thing. And then also just, I mean, unless you want to be short shares of something, you think it's going to die. It might make sense to just leave it on and let it ride and see if you get assigned. But um, in my case, I definitely did not want the hundred shares of, I didn't want to be short 100 shares of DIA. And yeah, it, it didn't, it did end up hurting me a little bit. I think I lost like a hundred or 150 bucks on it. And then, uh, I bought back, closed out my position. It was like Monday morning or whatever. And then of course, DIA died off like several bucks. <laughs> if I would have like, if I would have held on, I probably could have made a few hundred off of the play, but, uh, I'm not typically directional on stuff. To be honest, I like, to just take the neutral positions and like um yeah so many times i've like thought something was going up or thought something was going down and then the opposite happened so i definitely wasn't like willing to write it out um and see if dia was going to sell off so yeah i definitely agree with you on you know just closing out your contracts uh before market close if it's anywhere near the money yeah and it, it sucks because you'll be in positions where and I get, you know, what the, why the brokerages do it. They don't want to be, you know, short a hundred shares of something or, you know, long because your account can't handle it, but they still have to, you know, deal with it because, you know, it's a contract and I get where, especially after hours, like I wish the rule was when market closes, options are done. You're settled, you know, at that price, you're going to, you know, if it was out of the money, it's worthless. If it's in the money, then, you know, shares are exchanged but i get how easily like if it's really close to the money after hours especially if one of these big institutions wants to move a price especially after hours how easy it would be because you know there's not a lot of volume so you know you could these guys could jack the price to the moon if they wanted to after hours and if you're able to settle an hour and a half you know after market closes then yeah, they can definitely manipulate the market and, you know, get the price where they need to be uh, for their position. So I'm going to get it. So like you said, just if you're anywhere near the money and you, your account can't handle it, just close it out. Even if you're, you know, trading and it costs you on a platform that, you know, you have to pay commissions, 65 cents is better than, you know, getting a maintenance call and like you, uh, you're short a hundred shares of Dow. So, yeah, just close out your stuff, guys. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? Um, no, I think that's it. Just kind of the stuff that uh, closed out and worked out for me last week. And then uh, definitely the stuff I'm looking to put on in the coming week. So um, did you have uh, anything you wanted to go over as far as like updates to the website or anything? Yeah, I was going to do uh, on the website. I have I took the screener off because going over the analytics, no one was uh, using it. So it was just kind of bogging down uh, load times on the website. And, you know, if you want to go find it, it was a, it's just tradingview.com. I like their um, it's free. Uh, you just go on there. You can add indicators, all sorts of cool stuff. So that's, you know, it was just a widget from them. So if anyone you know, really wants it. If you're a trading platform, like uh, if you use Robinhood, their, um, their charts and stuff suck. They're so limited. So if you wanted to go, you know, check out the screener, it's just tradingview.com. 
Um, I added a contact page up the top. So it's got all of our information, the email, um, the YouTube channel, the podcast. So if anyone wanted to, you know, contact us in on any of those ways, you can easily from the website. Now, um, the podcast, if you guys, I, you know, I'd like to get some people to send us voice messages. If you go to our anchor link, or you can see if you're listening to this podcast, you can see it. Um, you can just send us a voice message that we can play on air. If you guys have any questions, you know, how we do this or what's this all about, then send us a voice message. We can play it on air and uh, then respond to it in our next episode. Um, what else did I deal with the site? I think that was it. I just got to uh, keep on cranking out these podcasts. Uh, I get still trying to pull all the audio from our YouTube videos to add to uh, to the podcast. So keep an eye on that. All right, man. I guess it's time to sign off. Yep. I think I went over uh, everything that I had. So sounds good. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. Cool, man. I'll catch you later.